This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Torquay United 1, Wrexham 0. And let's not kid ourselves, a very poor performance by Wrexham and a really disappointing result which allows the top end of the table to pull away from us over the last two games. We've dropped five points and it shows in the table. I love cycling. And there's a phrase that I think sums up these sort of games perfectly from cycling. The French call it a day like this, a jour sans, a day without. And I think it sums it up quite nicely. When a cyclist goes out and it just, it just, the legs don't go properly. It just doesn't work properly. They're just, they're without somehow. They can't quite put their finger on it, but they can't do what they normally do. This felt like that for Exum. It was just flat and frustrating. And there were factors involved that were quite interesting. We'll we'll have a look at having had a, a bit of time to sit back and think about it. But it was not a good performance at the end of. So we'll go through the events of the game and then let's try and pick apart why this happened. We made three changes. Bryce Ozana returned from injury to go on the left-hand side, replacing Liam McLellindon. Tom O'Connor, of course, made his debut in midfield, but sadly Jordan Davis was absent and Jordan Penchelli stepped in for the missing Paul Mullen. And I have to say as well, before we even begin, one of those factors, and I'm not trying to make excuses here because we had a lot of good players on the pitch, but we didn't have Jordan Davis and Paul Mullen. And you take two key players like that out and naturally our levels suffered. You wouldn't have thought so for the first eight minutes because until Torquay scores... We look good. In fact, the game was very different in its first eight minutes and the rest. It was very stretched. It was entertaining. Torquay had spells of pressure, mostly from set pieces, but Wrexham really looked like there were, a goal was coming. In fact, we nearly got a breakthrough after 24 seconds. A long ball forwards. Palmer headed it on. Ponticelli putting pressure on Lewis, forced a mistake. The ricochet off Lewis dropped in Ponticelli's path just to keep it to beat. But unfortunately for him, just far enough away from him for McDonald, the goalie, to come out and smother it. So very nearly the dream starts. And after four minutes, it should have been 1-0. Again, good pressure. Hall Johnson gets around the back of the defence, drives down the goal line, punches the ball into the goal mouth. Palmer's about two yards out in front of goal. Looks a certain goal. He side-foots it. And, well, it certainly looks like McDonald managed to stick a foot out and deflect it over the bar. The referee gave a goal kick. Wrexham couldn't believe it. It just should have been a goal. It was so close in. A lovely ball in by Hall Johnson. It should have been a goal. Um, and then another opportunity created. I've got to say, I mean, McDonald did well in those two incidents, but he looked very shaky. It was very windy, but from set pieces, McDonald was really weak in the air. He was also awful on the floor. Ponticelli kept trying to hustle him and forcing errors, one of which... He was very lucky to get away with as Ponticelli chased McDonald. McDonald pulled the ball so badly that it just agonisingly dribbled along the floor just behind where Ponticelli had just come from. And if it had been just struck slightly better, Ponticelli would have just tapped it into an open goal. But anyway, from the seventh minute, when a long throw by Toza, not dealt with, O'Connor drove a shot back in, which was blocked by a defender. It certainly hit his hand. Was it right to turn down the decision for handball? I think probably. Uh, the arm wasn't miles out of the way. But I've got to say that the referee, again, I'm sorry to keep saying this, but the referee didn't have a good game, made a lot of peculiar decisions. And I mean, to be fair, I'm clutching at straws here. 
he was the sort of ref who'd give that penalty, even though I think it would have been harsh. Anyway, a decision by him which had much greater consequence came within a minute as Torquay broke down the left-hand side and Hayden, to my eyes, did very well to control a little and then nick the ball away from him. The referee gave a free kick, though, uh, just outside the box, about a yard out from the goal line on the left-hand side, so a short corner, and it was swept in beautifully beyond the far post where Asa Hall had managed to lose his man and had a simple free header six yards out to plant it past the exposed Lainton and give Torquay the lead. Now, so up until that game, it was a fairly open match. That suited Wrexham well, and I think the goal was coming. But Wrexham didn't respond well to the goal, so the next 10 minutes were pretty barren, and Torquay started to roll their sleeves up. They had something to defend, and the nature of the game changed. Wrexham dominated possession. Please don't mistake that for me saying Wrexham played well. We had a lot of the ball, a lot of the ball, and really struggled to break Torquay down. This win for Torquay, it's an excellent win for them. It's one that they would point at as a, a triumph for their grit rather than their quality because they didn't look very good, but they fought for everything, and we just didn't have the ingenuity to break them down. We, The rest of the game, as you're about to hear, is a lit litany of half chances. Um, 20th minute, O'Connor sweeps a free kick in, and first Jones, when it falls to him, hits a powerful shot, which is well blocked six yards out. The keeper was already hurling himself to try and save. And the ball came out to Young, who I think sensibly decided he was going to hit it first time, well, because the keeper was on the floor. So if he could steer it through the defenders in the box, it would be a goal. But unluckily for him, there was a really good block six yards out, and it was denied. If that had gone in, and Torquay had come back out to play again, I think we'd be talking about a very different game now. But they didn't. Wrexham again, then Hosanna, cutting inside from the left-hand side, looked like he was going to get in on goal. As he was pulling the, the, the trigger from the edge of the box, Lapsley slid in with an absolutely magnificent tackle to deny him. Very unfortunate, that. Then a free kick on the halfway line. Frustration for Wrexham. Ponchardi definitely fouled, gets the ball, immediately puts it down and feeds a super quick free kick to put Palmer in on goal. And the referee blows his whistle and stops play because he wants to, to buck Lewis. I mean, let us score and then book him, please. As the half went on, Wrexham was running out of ideas, though, in all honesty. Another long throw led to problems for McDonald's, so Uza hurled it in. McDonald's punch was weak, and Cloweth, six yards out, hit it well, but it's a crowded goalmouth after those set pieces, and a defender got a block on it. And then in added time, you might argue the closest we got to a goal, would have come off a defender. Young whipping in a nasty free kick from the left flank. Lewis jumping on the edges of a six-yard box to try and head away an excellent delivery. It's He's um, the ball's goal side of him and stretching. He makes contact with his head and puts it just over his own bar. Second half, I've got to say, first five minutes, Wrexham started excellently and you thought, OK, we've got the bit between our teeth now. The tempo was really good and we were driving at them. Like I said, it was blustery and it seemed, if anything, I think the wind was in Wrexham's favour in the second half and they certainly started with a bit of a spring in their step. Jones swinging in a cross which is clear to Young and he hit a 15-yard volley from the centre of the box really, really powerfully. But unluckily for Wrexham, it was directly above McDonald's head and he was able to parry it up into the air and then run wide of the post and grab hold of the loose ball. 
he was called into action again when Ponticelli did well to feed in Jones and he drove in a 25 yard which took a slight deflection an awkward save by McDonald diving to his left and then having to pull his arms back and make an unorthodox shovel of the ball to the side of the goal but to be fair probably because of the deflection and after that it's got to be said that little flurry we didn't really test him again in terms of shots Jones swept in a free kick Clareth 10 yards out had a, a decent chance but headed it well wide to the, the left post and then just after the half after the hour mark another problem from a long throw Toza hurling it in James Jones getting up and making contact with his head but it getting blocked 6 yards out we immediately made another made a double change to try and shake things up McLinden came on for James Jones to give us a bit more of a, an attacking look to the side. We started off certainly with O'Connell uh, holding and Davis and Young trying to drive forwards. Now McAlinden was playing really ahead of Young and O'Connor. And also Angus coming on for Ponticelli. Not a big surprise that because Ponticelli just wasn't really getting into threatening positions. Although to be fair, again, his work rate was very good. He brought people in well. But it was understandable to bring Angus in to see if we could get around the back of the defence. Soon after that, Hayden, with a fabulous ball down the right channel, sent Palmer away, driving in towards the box, but he pulled his shot weakly wide at the far post. There were players pouring into the box in support of him. Should he have delayed it and pulled it back for one of them? I think you, you bring Palmer in as a striker to have a shot from those positions, and he's a little bit unlucky. Um, and then soon afterwards Palmer did really well to intercept the ball in midfield and drive through the middle and hit one power a powerful shot from 20 yards but again the keeper with his last real action was able to get down and save it and there's Wrexham's problem that happened halfway through the second half that was the end of our threat I mean as you've noticed the only attack I've mentioned of any worth by Torquay was their goal but we weren't carving out clear-cut chances we made another change Thomas coming off a Clareth we shifted four at the back and had two big men up front plus Angus trying to work off them. But if I'm honest with you, the best spell of the match we had, apart from the first five minutes, was the first 15 of the second half. And I think that the double change disrupted that a bit. And when we went, changed our shape, it didn't work. We, we've gone behind a lot of times from away games and it's hard to keep coming back from behind to win. So we, we tried the same thing. We did the Halifax tactically and this time we couldn't break Torquay down. So... Frustration, why? Um, I, th I certainly thought that in the closing stages we got frantic. I mean, there were a couple of moments where Toza, who I thought really, you know, really looked at the lead from the front, to be fair to him, hurried a long throw into the box, which Thomas won, but there was we weren't set yet in the box to get on the end of it. I understand why he did it, because also Torquay aren't set, and they were defending deep and well-organised, but, you know, we, we couldn't benefit from it either. And then also near the end of the game, a quick throw down the line by Toza, who again, to be fair, is trying to drive play forwards. Thomas again flicks it on, but nobody had got in position to gamble on the flick. So it went for a goal kick. Just rushing and getting a bit panicked, which I was hoping we wouldn't do with the amount of experience we had in this side. Um, so that was a, a little bit frustrating. It felt a bit to me like when we were looking to sort of shift the ball from side to side and, and then maybe dink it over the top into the channels, we were playing that forwards ball too soon, perhaps. Now, I understand why, again. Torquay looking well set. I think it turned into a different type of game to what we were anticipating. Um, and Torquay also, 
seem to have been playing 4-4-2 lately, but it was more of a 4-3-3 with their wide men dropping very deep and working really hard to try and uh, protect the defence. And so our switches weren't really that effective because they were already deep. And when we were knocking the ball forwards early instead, I mean, to be honest with you, um, I, I thought Palmer did pretty well in the air. I don't see him as an out-and-out target man, really, but he, he had the batch of the aerial duels. But we weren't, because we were playing those balls early, we weren't really getting midfielders up to support him that much. We weren't getting the wing-backs out of the pitch. So we didn't have many people to look for the scraps. So the pattern tended to be early ball to Palmer. Palmer does well to get a touch onto it. Torquay player picks her up. So we weren't getting to those second balls. We were in the first 15 minutes of the second half, which I thought was maybe when we were looking more promising. So I don't know, maybe I would have been a bit more conservative in the substitutions and just let us continue to be on top and grind something out. Um, but, you know, to be fair, Phil Parkinson's paid to make those difficult decisions and they worked beautifully when they did the same thing at Halifax. So, you know, let, let, let's, not, let's not try and second guess and pretend that I'm going to come up with some brilliant solution for this. The... Performances going through the team. Lanes had nothing to do. Couldn't blame him for the goal. Just had nothing else to do, really. At the back, when we were talking in the commentary about the idea of a man of the match, the idea of a man of the match, we did really struggle. We sort of said it could be Hayden because he was quite solid defensively. Um, on reflection, I think I'd lean towards Toza. He was very solid. He tried to get play forwards. He caused trouble with his long throws as well. Clareth wasn't quite as assured as he has been in recent matches, um, but he stood, he did okay. There was he didn't let us down. Um, the wing backs, uh, well, I'd say Hall Johnson started off really getting to great positions, but we failed to play those wing backs in in those promising positions. They didn't do much wrong, but they also didn't really hugely influence play. Uh, I wondered if we might put McAlinden on the left just to, to have that out and out attacking wing back, but we used used them differently. Um, the centre of midfield now O'Connor, I think, looks like a good player. Um, uh, there's a graphic somebody had put up on Twitter showing all those like metrics in League One compared to the average, and he's got he's way above average for all the defensive metrics, like a set a defensive midfielder should be, but he's also way ahead of of it in most of the attacking metrics. So it looks like a really good all round defender uh, midfielder. We played him in a deep position like I would argue we haven't really done so far this season he was genuinely a holding midfielder I think maybe I'd have liked to have seen him a few yards higher at the pitch Neil Williams in commentary said this and at the end of the first half maybe the team needed to shift as a unit 10 yards up the pitch and try to really pressure Torquay um, I thought O'Connor won a lot of headers won tackles, made some nice passes, played a couple of ambitious passes, didn't quite come off but you could see he's got that in his locker um, and maybe we should have pushed him a little higher up the pitch and try and have that impact higher up the pitch. No way other than that to finish that sentence. Um, the ta the midfielders in front of him, well, to be fair, Young, as always, but in a terrific shift, got off a couple of decent strikes. Uh, the one that was parried, yeah, if he put it a yard either side, keeper probably wouldn't have got to it. And the one that was blocked in the first half, he's very unlucky if he if he is able to steer that beyond the defenders, it's a goal because the keeper's on the floor. So he did put a good performance in, 375th career appearance uh, at his old club, club captain now. And having just signed a, a contract extension, it's a big day for him and, and, and his family were all there. And what a shame that he wasn't able to, to cap it off uh, with anything more than defeat. But he did, like I say, put in a good shift. Likewise, James Jones, I was slightly surprised he came off after, after an hour. 
a lot of endeavour, a lot of good tackles from him. One beauty when he launched in, and I thought, oh, here comes the yellow cards, and he emerged with the ball. It was magnificent. Um, and he had a couple of strikes on goal as well. Um, he was trying to drive play forwards again. Um, didn't do so badly, I thought. And then up front, again, I mean, Mahar goes out to Ponticelli, who sacrificed himself for the team, worked like crazy. Just couldn't get on the end of things, though. Um, like I said earlier, I understand totally why he was brought off, because he felt that he was going to put in a, a really good day's work, but not get any chances. Um, but I felt sorry for him. And then Palmer alongside... Well, had a couple of threatening moments halfway through the second half, and apart from that, wasn't that wasn't really threatening. Missed a great chance at the start. Although, okay, if it's a great save, to be fair, maybe there's not much you can do about that. Did really well in the air, actually. I thought, but without support, I've had sympathy for him. McIlinden and Angus came on with half an hour left, and and to be honest, didn't make any real impact on the game. Thomas came on with 15 minutes left and did win a few flicks headers. He was getting penalised a lot by the referee as he was jumping in for headers and couldn't really turn things around. So, yeah, I mean, a poor performance, a horrible result and a real disappointment, especially as we had a fantastic crowd of nearly 800 Wrexham fans there who were really getting behind the team. What a shame they weren't able to see something that would uh, give them something nice to enjoy on the way home. The final score of Torquay United 1, Wrexham 0. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.